Okay, so this is the first um, this is the first episode of our uh, series of our book of my book to you. Um, I've thought about different ways to start it and and I think more of an introduction than anything else. Um, but we're going to run through with this series, um, run through the accounts of Jesus' life, uh, but we're going to do it in reverse. Um, and it's probably a weird way to, to start a book, but... Um, I think there's a reason, uh, and there's a reason that the end needs to be the beginning, and it comes with the question of um, who is Jesus to you, um, and I think that answer, um, but I, yeah, I can give you my answer, but the answer that you have will inform every step you take, every decision you make, um, you know, it, it informs everything, and I think uh, I'll, I'll end this today with a with a question um, as well, but um, but I think it all centers around that is is you really um, discovering who who he is to you. So hopefully, you know what whatever I'm going to do with these and the amount that you uh, you know take from this would be hopefully a beginning. You know, it's not a, a an end. It's a beginning that would would hopefully allow you to be able to um, take what I might say and expand upon it and investigate and and do your own study and your own digging, uh, digging around. Um, <clears throat> but the the books that I've done, you know, for Will and Jack, and then this quote unquote book for you are intended to be uh, helpful. Uh, instructive, um, but but really they're designed individually for you. Um, what I did for for Jack is different than what I did for Will, and certainly what I'm doing for you is 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 much different than what I did um, for them. Um, for you, it seems um, to be important uh, to me, at least, to have an approach of beginning something with the end in mind um probably sounds familiar because i think it's one of the seven habits of effective highly effective people um which i think you've read uh i think it's the second one if i'm not if i'm not mistaken um so i've kind of you know stole that that part from there but um but i think it really is 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 appropriate um it's really easy, uh, I think, now to live from one moment to the next, you know. And I, and I, I know folks your age, young adults, have kind of been conditioned in this way, um, probably by the ease and access of, inf- of that y'all have of information. You know, it's really easy to click on something and get the answer. To click on something and see a video, you don't really you know, not railing on social media or any of that kind of stuff, but, you know, they're great technological advances. Um, but I think the, the, the ease in which you consume information sometimes reduces the meaning that it has 
and maybe should have in your life. It gets diluted. Um, and, and that's only going to get faster. You know, AI is going to make things uh, a whole lot uh, easier in some ways, maybe more difficult than others, but that really does come with a cost and you have to have a, a really uh, attuned filter um, because sometimes, and I think a lot of times, the ease in which things are obtained, the ease, how easy it is to get something um, varies inversely with the perceived worth that they have. So something that you get easily, it's not as meaningful. If you have to work for it, it means a little more. And so, um, so I think that's, uh, uh, you know, I think that's uh, something, you know, to, to, to kind of think about, you know, the things that, um, uh, and, and the easier, yeah, the easier it is, uh, to get something, the less valuable it becomes. So, um, you know, so that's, that's enough on that. So uh, I, th- I think that's, that's kind of the idea. So some of this stuff might inquire, might require a little digging, you know, a little thought, a little, um, study and, and prayer and meditation on, on your part. Um, so, uh, I guess that, you know, the next thing would be kind of the idea, um, with this is is kind of going chronologically in reverse from uh from the end of of those gospel accounts of of jesus life to the to the beginning um uh and and that's what we'll go through um you know just just a little something else i guess before we finish this first part is um we as as humans, uh, are tend to be preoccupied with ourselves. Um, and it, you know, it makes sense. You know, this is, this is your life. This is my life. And this is the only one we have. And what you do is most important to you. And I think we would also have, as a result of that, have a tendency to be very focused inwardly on, on what's going on with us and what's not going on with us and the things that that would be um, uh, those things would be most meaningful to us, uh, which again makes perfect sense. But the thing that turns this whole thing upside down is that in the kingdom of God, uh, it's it's you know it's very obvious is that um, whoever loves their life will be asked to lose it. And that's certainly can be literal, but it can also be um, the things that we hold on to the tightest um, will be the things that would possibly be the things that we lose the easiest. So um, and I think it's uh, when we look away from the mirror, when we look away from from. Um, focusing on ourselves is that when we're able to truly see what's in front of us and that most of everything that goes uh, that's going on has very little if anything to do with us and has more to do with the people that are around us you know um, that uh, it's a really difficult focus to have um, 
which I think is is very much connected to the to the reason that Jesus came, which is to to take the focus off of us and or, or to have our focus taken off of us and put it onto him. But even further than that, it's to have our eyes be his eyes and he looked he looked to other people you know he looked to other people as a uh, in terms of of serving in terms of helping in terms of just just you know we'll see with these accounts i mean he he really um showed his love for humanity and his love for people with with how he approached him how he spoke with him how he um who he spent his time with who he sought after um so um so that like I said I think that's something that um you know that that we'll we'll explore as well um and I think you know people a lot of time will talk about um passion um you know there's there's uh that that word has a lot of different definitions. Um, and I think we all need to have passion in our life. Without uh, uh, with with the things that we're we're going after or the things that we're pursuing. Um, but I think the the uh, passion without a purpose really is more is just chaos. Um, and so I think the you know the putting together of a of a, the passion which is the fuel and the purpose which is the direction uh point you in the right way um, um you know there's got to be an order or a structure or a base to work off of a platform you know which you can reach higher um you know without that i think you just you just get left with empty feeling and that you're kind of chasing the wind. That's that chaos. So, um, if you have purpose without passion, um, you know, that's, that's kind of lifeless and, and robotic. Um, it, again, and it can, it can move into something that might be even a little more meaningless. Um, you know, you're less likely to take calculated risk. You become bored. You can become complacent, complacent, um, you know, and it's it's just there's just sort of this lifeless connection there. So, you know, one of the things that we'll notice as we go through this is, you know, you talk about the, the passion of, of Jesus that, you know, his passion is for us. His passion is for his people. And um, he came here to save us from ourselves and to provide a way back to God and to turn everything that was known at the time upside down, which, which as a result made it right side up, um, uh, to take the law of God, the law that had been, um, failed, that failed to be followed, uh, in the accounts in the old Testament and elevate it to something more, uh, and something better. Um, you know, his passion is that, that he cared, uh, deeply, you know, not just for, uh, creation as a whole or even mankind as a whole, uh, is that he cared for each one of us as an individual, um, which is really kind of hard to 
to, to put your head around, but, um, you know, he, he showed us the heart of God by seeing our heart and, and our history and knowing our deepest secrets and knowing everything about us and loving us anyway. Um, you know, and you'll see in these accounts that he meets us where we are and he asks us to, to trust that he is who he says he is. Um, and I think that's the big, you know, one of the big takeaways and, and, you know, kind of the way that I've always looked at the, the, or maybe not always, but maybe more recently looked at the, the Bible would be, you know, obviously it's a, it's a, uh, always presented as one book, which it is. Uh, and it, to me, it's the story of Jesus. Any, anyway, um, the old Testament is a, is a, um, pretty dramatic example of our need for a savior. Um, I think we could put ourselves into just about any of the stories, um, that you find in the Old Testament, any, any Testament, any of the accounts, any of the, any of those books, you can put ourselves in there, and a lot of these things are are still happening today. Um, you know, the gospel accounts in the New Testament um, uh, provide a, a pivot and a turning point from that need of a savior to the actual, you know, one that comes, and then uh, the rest of the New Testament is. Um, the writers trying to figure out what now to provide some guidance in terms of um, we needed a savior, we got one, now what do we do? Um, and so I think it really makes a big difference to to, to start out with uh, the end in mind um, because, you know, and we'll start out with the resurrection because um, that's it. You know, I mean, without that, uh, they're really, you know, he's just a, Jesus is just a, a man, a man who was martyred, maybe a good teacher, maybe a, um, a prophet. Um, you know, I mean, he could have been a madman. Um, you know, it could have been a lot of different things, but the resurrection changed all of that. Um, is that, you know, he, he predicted his death and resurrection and then did it. Um, and so just like Paul said that if I think in Corinthians is that, if there isn't a resurrection, then all of this is is useless, um, and faith is useless. Faith in Jesus is useless, useless, um, and we need to be pitied um, for 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 thinking for for doing what we do. Um, and so, um, you know, so I think that's. You know, again, you just, you start with the end in mind, uh, and and the end in this case, and the reason that he came was what happened on the cross and what happened by way of the, uh, the resurrection, and um, and so that's why we're going to start there. So I'll leave you with one question, and this is this is a question that he asked. Um, uh, I think it was in Matthew. Um, a lot of people, uh, when he when Jesus came to Earth, um, were confused about his identity. You know, some people said he was a, a Elijah. Some people said he was Jeremiah or a prophet or a teacher or even a, a, a magician. Um, 
but he asked this of, of the people who were following him um, because he was making a difference in their lives and he did not want them to be confused about his identity, um, which we can have a whole separate conversation about identity in present day. Um, but the question is, who do you say I am? And he asked that of us, you know, who do we say as in, as in we individually say he is, um, or is, is he a good teacher? Um, is he a good dude? Uh, is he just crazy? Um, and so, you know, is he a, a myth? Um, was he just a martyr? Yeah. He said that he was the Messiah. And that's how Peter um, answered that question. The son of the living God, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Um, I think Thomas had, had declared uh, later um, in answering that question uh, after he got proof that, that uh, uh, Jesus was really resurrected. Um, he said that he was my Lord and my God. And so I think a fundamental question to start out with is searching out your heart to answer that question. You know, not what you've been told, not what you've learned in Sunday school, not what, you know, is is just you've been conditioned by way of your upbringing. Um, but who really in your heart do you say he is and who is he to you? Um, so I'll leave you with that. And um, hopefully these will get better. I'm not sure uh, uh, how, how good this one was this morning, but hopefully this will get better as we go along. And um, hope you have a great day.